Welcome back to the Miltech Podcast. You've got Evan Knowles, Nate Intatomaso, and Logan Jones on this episode. And we just sat down with Reed Ezel, who is the lead of growth at WeFunder in the Southeast region. So I really enjoyed this episode. It was all about raising capital through alternative means like WeFunder. And we dig into what it's like to raise capital in this region, what WeFunder, what WeFunder is doing. And I think it's pretty powerful. So essentially the ethos of what WeFunder is doing is democratizing access to early stage investment. So if you think about the everyday citizen who basically the investment vehicles they can participate in are stocks, real estate, life insurance, you know, that's about it as far as everyday investments, homes. And what WeFunder, what WeFunder is trying to do is basically allow a startup founder to raise from their local community. And if you think about the ability to invest in an early stage startup that is going to be successful, you know, that's a massive opportunity for somebody to build wealth. And really until last, say three, four or five years, that's been impossible. And so WeFunder is on a pretty important mission to democratize, like I said, investment into early stage companies so that everyday people can invest alongside VCs who have massive gains uh, and, you know, allow other people to participate. So pretty interesting episode. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. It was interesting that the CEO of WeFunder was actually heavily involved um, in the legislation that was passed a few years back to allow for, for you know, regulation crowdfunding. Um, so they've been involved from the start um, and are really just trying to open up that market to people. Reed has an interesting history himself. He uh, went to school in London, I believe, and then worked in the Middle East, um, dealing with the, the entrepreneurship ecosystems there. And then moved back to Nashville because he he realized that, you know, in his mind, the future of the American economy is in these mid-sized cities. So he's trying to boost that up via startups, via investments. Um, so he has a really good perspective for all of this. So great conversation for people to listen to. Before we jump into that, though, let's get a word from our sponsor. Middle Tech is presented by KY Innovation, the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Partner. KY Innovation exists to support and develop Kentucky's startup ecosystem, and we are proud to work alongside an organization whose mission aligns so closely with ours. If you're a founder building in Kentucky, you need to check out the resources that KY Innovation has to offer. You can find more information at kyinnovation.com. We're also sponsored by Render Capital. The team at Render Capital is bringing much-needed early-stage capital to this region, and I've personally worked with Mary Grace Ragsdale and Patrick Henshaw. The team at Render is great, and I highly recommend reaching out to them to learn more about ways they can help you scale your business. We are also sponsored by Bolt Marketing. As a business owner, you're forced to wear multiple hats, but you should be focused on growing your business while you let somebody else handle your marketing. Our friends over at Bolt offer a full suite of services from websites to branding that will help you transform your marketing and grow your business. To learn more about how Bolt can help you with your business goals, you can check them out at buildwithbolt.com. Again, that's buildwithbolt.com. All right, everybody. We're sitting down with Reed Ezel of WeFunder. He is the Southeast, he's the lead of Southeast. Southeast growth, growth lead, however you want so to say. So we're going to sit down and talk about. Yeah, we're going to sit down and talk about funding here in this region of the United States and how WeFunder has been helping founders raise money uh, in various stages of their business. And I know several friends have actually used WeFunder, 
here in Louisville. So I've heard great things. We're looking forward to learning more. So thanks for joining us. I'm here. happy to be here. I can't wait to, t- to talk to you guys. Good deal. Well, let's uh, let's start by diving into your background, just first and foremost. So uh, where we start here, we like to just touch on some of the pivotal moments, some of the big moments in your life that led you to working at WeFunder. Uh, so walk us through what a few of those moments were. You know, my, 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 my background's, uh, I would say, atypical. I was a religious studies major in college, and I moved to the Middle East for a decade after that. Um, but I... Um, I did a bunch of, I ended up being a consultant over there and I worked, uh, I was working, I was a public sector consultant. I worked on kind of innovation uh, projects, consulting on how they were trying to communicate about building entrepreneurial ecosystems o- over there uh, in Saudi Arabia and in Qatar. Uh, and then a few years ago, I kind of had a uh, an awakening of sorts where I was just like, uh, like why, I, why am I doing this work here? There's work to be done back home. Uh, and so I moved back to Nashville, which is home, which is where I grew up. Uh, so I've been back in Nashville for four years now, almost five years now. Um, and, you know, since I've been back, I've been focused on uh, consulting with different different types of businesses. Uh, I'd helped start a couple different uh, initiatives, some of them kind of in the nonprofit so social impact space, uh, some of them more for profit. Uh, I've actually completed an MBA as well. And um I met uh, the one of the employees of WeFunder, Johnny Price, who's the vice uh, the vice president for of the whole fundraising team. Uh, and WeFunder was kind of this perfect uh, combination of all the different things that uh, that I was interested in. Right, having a positive impact on my community, but also really leaning into the need for innovation and um, and, and change in the in the way that uh, we do business in in the southeastern region. Um, obviously, so much stuff is, ha- is changing in Nashville right now that it just seems like uh, you know the right way to have an impact on my community. And also, just you know, it's a pretty cool job. I get to talk to founders all day long. Uh, I get to talk to really smart people building cool stuff, and like you know, it's really nothing better than that. I would have to say. And before we get into refunder, I'd love to hear, you know, being overseas in Saudi Arabia and Qatar for that long, what do you see as comparisons between the two startup ecosystems or the two ecosystems of the United States versus Middle East when it comes to like startup growth and innovation? What did you learn? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's very different, right? There, and, and where I did most of that work was in Qatar, um, but there's a real top-down effort to try to build a culture of entrepreneurship. Um, the culture of entrepreneurship in, in the United States exists, right? It's part of our culture. Uh, it's part of how we identify as a country. Um, I would say that, you know, the raw material and the motivation is here. Uh, access to the tools and access to, you know, funding uh, is, a, is a big part of that is uneven in the country. And so I think that you've got an opposite problem. Whereas in, in Qatar, there, there's tons of money. People are, they're investing in people and in education and in facilities to help people uh, build businesses, encourage people to build businesses there. Here you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that would like to be entrepreneurs. And it's a matter of, uh, finding the resources, finding the networks, finding access to um, 
what you know what they need to be successful. Uh, I think that's you know that's one of the things that I really love about WeFunder is just our our ethos is that we're here to boost entrepreneurship in the country. We're here to help. Uh, obviously, we're a startup as well. We 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 take a commission on the funds that you raise on our platform, but but like our approach and our team are all very oriented toward helping uh, expand access to capital and help people that might not otherwise have the opportunity to raise capital, the opportunity to scale a business, get it done. Nice. That, that was a great transition from the Middle East to, to WeFunder there. Talk about kind of... I used to, I used to be a political consultant as well. <laughs> Pivoting is a, is, a, is, a, is a skill. It works well for podcasts too. Um, yeah, yeah. Talk about kind of technically what that implementation looks like. Like what is WeFunder and as a founder, how would I use it? And then talk about kind of your role in that whole ecosystem. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll start with my role. I think like traditionally, if you were to like put me on an org chart next to other companies, right, I'm in a sales role, I guess, but that's not really what I do. I, our sales team at WeFunder isn't commission-based. Uh, really what I'm doing is consulting with founders about how to use this tool most effectively for their stage, the stage of their company and for the, the you know, what, what they need. Um, and so it's really part of that's coaching part of that's, you know, just like being a cheerleader, but part of that's kind of parsing through the, um, the different, you know, what the platform means to, to, to companies at different stages, because I think, you know, at, at its most basic level, WeFunder is a platform where you can raise money, where people can invest in a company, right? And we, we like to say in 15 minutes, you can set up a profile and start raising money. And it's, it's pretty true. If you've got a deck, you can pretty quickly be up there and start taking investments. Uh, take, you know, we can get into the legal, uh, the, the legal, um, um, kind of nuance of that, but what, a, what an investment versus a reservation to invest in, in the company is, but it, we can move really quickly. Um, but then beyond that, and I think this is where it gets a little bit differentiated, right? For an early stage company, a company that's just raising you know, seed or pre-seed capital, WeFunder is a place where we can, you can organize your investors more effectively. Uh, you can organize small checks more effectively and in a way that won't uh, weigh you down in later stages. Um, and I think that's like the core power of what we're doing, right? We're taking advantage of a change in the law that happened in 2016 that allows um, anyone to invest a certain amount in private securities. So we're selling securities, we're selling basically shares in most cases or respective shares uh, in a in a company that otherwise you would have, before that law changed, you would have had to have a net worth of a million dollars or more to invest. And so effectively what that does is just allow f f uh, founders to raise from a bigger universe of investors. Um, now, as we get later in stage, right, um, uh, it starts to be more about engagement and engaging existing customers in community. And I think that's uh, a really exciting new, new thing for, uh, there's so many companies out there that are built on community first. Uh, that's kind of the new buzzword, right? In startups everywhere uh, as web three and, and all these, you know, I mean, list off a bunch of buzzwords, but uh, that is such a, a big trend right now. 
but allowing your customers or your community to become investors um, is a really powerful move, I think, for, for most companies. And so we are just the, the conduit to allow you to organize investors, organize small checks. Uh, everything's wrapped up in the one line of the cap table. And so uh, it's not a big problem going on, right? If you were to take a thousand investors and put them in your cap table in your pre-seed fundraising round, the chance of you raising institutional capital down the road is pretty small. But then WeFunder, you can compress thousands of hundred dollar checks or thousand dollar checks into a single line. And that's incredibly pow uh, powerful. Um, you know, I like to talk most about um, uh, founders that are coming from like less capital dense networks, right? Traditionally, you know, we're all white men, uh, which means that we're more likely to be funded than most, uh, most of the people out there, right? Uh, people that come from backgrounds that are less likely to have gotten uh, venture capital funding or people that just have less access to capital or in, you know, we're talking about the Southeast, we're in areas where that those funding networks are generally a little bit less developed. Being able to raise a bunch of small checks and put that in a single line, your cap table can be a really powerful step. Yeah. And uh, you brought up a good point there when you, when you brought up crypto, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more mm -hmm. because I think yeah, there are a lot of interesting dynamics that are, are potentially at play there. So, you know, what are, what are your thoughts in terms of how we funder functions now versus what a lot of web three people are preaching with, you know, things like decentralized autonomous organizations and initial coin offerings and stuff like that. Is there a, a point in the future where WeFunder leverages that? Do you look at that as competition? Let's dig into that for a second and talk about the, the dynamics there. Yeah. I, you know, this full dis like disclosure at the beginning, I'm, I'm not a web three expert. So like uh, you're speaking to someone like I know about, I know enough to be dangerous and not that much more. Um, I mean, the philosophy behind it is similar, right? Uh, WeFunder's like tagline is, we want to fix capitalism by democratizing access to capital, right? We're just, just decentralized control, uh, moving away from tr traditional financial structures, the same like impulse. Um, I think that one of the most, and, and so I, I, what we're doing is basically like the web two version of, of like web three fundraising, right? There are plenty of web three startups that are, that don't need WeFunder. But um, what I would say is the number of people who are actually engaged at, you know, in a, in a DAO right now, or understand how to get access to an initial coin offering is pretty minuscule. And so what we're doing is something, is a version of that that is much more accessible to a broad base of people. Right. I mean, even with I actually was, was joking the other day, uh, just talking to someone about the future of what we do, regulation, crowdfunding, right? Reg CF for short, it's younger than crypto, right? So like we're in the earlier days of this than we than crypto is, right? People still don't know how what kind of where the lasting applications of crypto um, and, and Web3 will be. But I do think that like the impulse is the same, right? We understand that there's power in letting people in, giving people control. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the laws that regulated investment for a long time 
I, my, my British boss, Johnny, who's the vice president of fundraising I mentioned earlier, he, one of the things that he always says is like pretty un-American. As, as he says it with a British accent, so it's funnier, but pretty, pretty un-American that, you know, only rich people were allowed to invest in startups for, for 80 years, right? The idea that people don't have the ability to make a good decision the idea that people that don't have a million dollar net worth aren't able to make a make a make a uh, an educated decision about where to put their money, I, I, you know, I, I just philosophically disagree with that. And so, I, I mean, what I would say is I don't see this competition. I see it as the future, right? There's going to be just more access to opportunity. I hope through both of these both of these things in the future. Yeah, and I think the the important thing is that. You all and your whole, you know, as you said, the, what was it, reg, what was the term you said? Reg, reg yeah, what? regulation crowdfunding. Yeah. And, you know, that, that is a regulated industry, you know, just by that word alone. And the SEC is, you know, putting down this regulation, whereas with crypto, it has the same ethos, but it's not currently being regulated because the SEC doesn't know what to do with it. And I think yeah. there's more protection there for consumers with a model like yours and I think the ethos is the same, whereas with crypto, they're like, let me figure out how to get around this um, barrier to investment or barrier to doing what I want with my wealth. And similar to what you guys are doing, I just think you guys are doing something that's actually regulated within the finance ecosystem, which yeah. is important. And I, I think it's, you know, yeah, it's we're playing, you know, our CEO, Nick Tomarello, actually like advocated for this law to be written right has been involved in the kind of evolution of of those regulations and their improvement since they were first written um you know I, I eventually crypto will be regulated um we funder i think we have stayed away from that a little bit because we see it as because it's unregulated and because we are trying to work within the sec's ecosystem there's just risk associated with that um and I think, you know, the biggest, like I said, where RegCF is younger than crypto, the biggest threat is bad deals, deals that go to zero immediately, right? That we're trying to get as much quality onto our platform as possible um, because I think the future, uh, the future is brighter if, if we focus on that first. Yeah, and, and to dig in there, how do you vet companies that come on your platform? Because that's a, that's an important part, right? Because you don't just want anybody to list. So, what's the kind of the process of getting onto WeFunder? Yeah, I mean, WeFunder is an open platform, right? Anybody can come with a deck and set it, set up a page. Um, we don't allow. We we are not going to file with the SEC until someone has proven the ability to organize a little bit of capital in their immediate network. We're not going to offer that on their on our website. We're not going to promote it. So basically, it's kind of show show that you, show that you can organize investors. And once you once you've done that, um, before we file uh, with the SEC, that's part of what we do for our company is do that filing. Um, we do a compliance check where we're basically making sure that companies are you know, you know reporting all their past fundraising reporting all of their board members, reporting how they're going to use the funds. Um, and then a company in, included in the SEC regulation, they, they're re required to release, uh, to file with their financial 
their financials audited audited in some cases in most cases just checked by a cpa to make sure they make sense in that format um and then we also have a compliance team that's basically looking out for fraud right um it's pretty rare that we find you know like i said we're an open platform it's you could we're not we're not rating companies on the quality of their ideas or their business models right investors will do that but we are looking out for, for people that are misrepresenting themselves and misrepresenting their goals or how they're going to use the money that's being raised. I'm sure that's a fine line to walk to an extent, but uh, I think what you guys are doing is the right way to go about it. Um, and talking a little bit about, you know, you mentioned uh, founders raising within their own communities. So I'd love to focus on on this region specifically, uh, maybe Nashville even even more uh, specifically. Talk a little bit about, from your perspective, what it's like for a founder in this region to, to go about raising money in this region. Cause that's one of the narratives that we hear a lot from founders on this podcast is the difficulty uh, of raising here as compared to somewhere like Silicon Valley or uh, other places on the East coast. So from your perspective, what are you seeing from the founders that, that you interact I mean, with? It's changing, right? I mean, it's changing faster in Nashville than it is in a lot of places, but I, I, I you know, one part of the reason that I moved back to Nashville is cause I believe that like the 21st century is going to be, or, sorry. Yeah. 21st century. Um, uh, is going to be won or lost in mid-sized cities, right? Like that's the future of our economy. Um, di- you know, we're talking about distributed power and distributed access to investing opportunities. It's also just like innovation is going to become more distributed. And so we're seeing the, the sl- more slowly than uh, you know you or I would hope. We're seeing the like traditional venture industry adapt to that, right? There are more venture capitalists in Nashville now than there were a year ago and more than there were two years ago. Uh, definitely a lot more that are not focused on healthcare al- al- alone. Um, but the reality is that like, and I, I, I go back and forth about whether or not I see this as a, as a weakness or a strength, but just the culture of investing, the culture of entrepreneurship in Nashville, in the Southeast, in most of the middle of the country is a little bit more conservative, like small C conservative uh, than it is on the coast, right? And that comes from maybe too much access to capital on the coast, right? People will, being willing to invest in luster and, uh, and uh, vision rather than uh, fundamentals. I don't, I don't think that's wrong, but it's just a reality of how companies have been valued in places like Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma versus California and New York, right? Go, go in with a deck and an idea and come out with more money than most people make in their lifetime is a pretty wild thing that doesn't happen very often in this part of the country. So, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why Reg CF is so, I, I see it as very powerful in the future of this region, right? People are looking to grow uh, in sustainable and healthy ways. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, venture capital is not the most sustainable way for a company to grow, particularly at an early stage, right? So if you've got a community that you can raise from, people that want to see you succeed, that are not just looking for massive growth, but are believe in you or believe in the problem you're solving on a personal level, those are like pretty valuable investors, right? For, for an early founder, getting those people engaged at the beginning and using them to find more, I think is a really powerful thing. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, sorry, back to the question you asked really, I think it's changing, but we're not seeing, um, we're still not seeing just like the crazy valuations of companies here. You're starting to see more faith in founders who are not in, in tech hubs and innovation hubs, but it's still, there's still a long way to go, right? Um, I, you know, I don't know how much, you know, the stats on venture capital investment uh, by state are pretty striking, right? 80% of VC investment goes to New York, Massachusetts, and California. Half of half of it goes to California. Um, I, you know, I think I think Tennessee is probably like you know 35th on that list of states, and Kentucky is somewhere in the same vicinity. Um, we just we need other tools, and I think if we develop other tools, uh, the the capital will come here, right? If you have a success story, uh, you just need a a proven winner. Uh, people will follow. People are trend followers at their core. Uh, they don't invest, you know, venture capital investment doesn't, they're not, they're just invest. It's a volume play, right? People aren't making the right decision all the time. You just got to show people that um, there's talent and there are good ideas in these other places. And I think that regulation crowdfunding is potentially a way to just kind of refocus that capital. We say to founders all the time, right? Like if you're struggling to raise from institutional investors, you know, and you can show that there's a thousand people out there willing to put a thousand dollars of their paycheck out there, or you know maybe two hundred people willing to put two hundred dollars of their paycheck into this company. That's a pretty strong. That's pretty strong validation. It's it's um it's a, just a lever that you can try to pull to to get those those investors um uh, interested. And then there's also like the philosophical, like if you're talking about the region, right? Like. I see a future where, you know, a startup in Chattanooga, you know, by the time they get to their Series B, they have three thousand Chattanoogans invested in their in their success, right? A startup in Louisville has three thousand like community members who are going to grow and benefit from that, and I, that's just like a much cooler way to raise money and a much more impactful way to raise money. You know, I want to see the the names that are on the buildings in Nashville, they're going to be built over the next 10 years. I want my community members to own equity, early stage equity in, the, in those, in those, uh, in those, those companies. Um, the, the, the potential economic impact of that is something that we won't even see for a decade, right? Because you have to have companies raise money successfully and then, you know, grow to be unicorns. But, um, I, like that is the potential of this. If you can get enough people yeah, engaged. It'd be huge returning a lot of that capital back to the local community. So with, with you focused on mostly the Southeast at WeFunder, when you're talking to your colleagues, maybe other regional leads or just people focused more on a national level, like are there any nuances, things you have to do differently, you know, being focused on this region that either good or bad that are just kind of unique to that area? Yeah, I mean, gotta be nicer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, no, it is like there's a real thing about it, right? Like people, um, it's less familiar. There are less people that have done this here. Um, and again, like a little bit more conservative. People are uh, like people haven't seen 
bold innovation create billion dollar fortunes here as as much as they have in California. So like people are just a little bit less less likely to do it. Um to to like dive in with it. And I think taking a little bit more time and, and that is a that's like a real I'd say a struggle of what I, I do at WeFunder, right? Like my heart is in the you know supporting the like the founder from North Nashville uh who's like you know, struggling to raise a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars, but has the, like the hustle and the potential to go build a, uh, a a huge company. But the reality is, like, I have to budget how much time I spend uh, with a founder like that, just because there's a lot of people out there. Um, but it is, it, I think, it just moves a bit slower. And I think um, my my main struggle right now is educating people about what this is right if, if you were to like take a and i spend all week, i spend my weeks talking to lots of founders if you were to take a sampling of 10 of those conversations like one founder is like super gung-ho knows exactly what, I, what 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 this is and like has a friend who's raised a bunch of money on WeFunder or through a, a different platform five of those founders have never heard of what we're doing and four of them have heard bad things Right, that are not all that are not usually accurate, right? Um, and I think a lot of what I spend my time doing is just educating people and you know, trying to bring them along um, because I believe in the power of this um, for entrepreneurship in the region. Um, but it is, you know, it's not, you know, our tools are not perfect. Um, WeFunder is a great platform, but it doesn't raise the money for you, um, and so it's hard. It's not, you know, raising capital is a struggle regardless of how you go about it. And so it's really, you know, teaching people what this is and then also preparing them to struggle through with it. Um, and that's, you know, that's how we're going to build momentum. I think that, you know, over the next five to 10 years, Nashville, Louisville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Memphis, there's so much more happening entrepreneurially in these cities than there was when I was young in Nashville. Um, and it's so much more diverse and it's only going to, it's just going to explode from here. I'm, I just, I really believe in the Southeast over the next decade. Um, South will rise again in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the way we want it to this time. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Nashville, one of the things we like doing on this podcast is, is learning from the different ecosystems on what they're doing well and how we can take that and kind of apply that to our ecosystem. And uh, actually that brings up one of one of my favorite things that I've learned from this podcast is something that's going on in Nashville with the National Technology Council and uh, them getting down into even elementary schools to provide education about technology and entrepreneurship. And I, I that was one of the favorite things I've heard in one of these episodes. So from your perspective and the, the things you work directly on, what are some things you see the ecosystem doing well uh, that I mean, other ecosystems might be able to, to learn it, from. And as far as I can see, it's all luck, right? It's just like, it's like Nashville's had this great moment where so much money and investment is happening here. City's growing. People want to move here. As a native of the city, like you know, I like, don't get me wrong, I love Nashville. I, I met my fiance here. She's from New York, and I, when on our first date, I was just like, "What are you, what are you doing here?" Uh, just cause my, I just moved back to town and my, like my image of Nashville was 
different than it is now and how people think about it. Um, so I, I think we're all just very fortunate to be at a in a place that is like, there's a creative economy. There is a lot, there's a, there's a lot of money in Nashville and there always has been. Um, I like to say that like Nashville's downtown is uglier than Louisville's because it's been richer for longer, right? Like Louisville has like more nice old buildings and Nashville's been, you know, they built a bunch of buildings in the 60s and 70s that aren't so nice. Um, but I mean, we're just really fortunate to have to, to be in this place where there's this growth. Um, and I think the biggest superpower that Nashville has always is that it's an inclusive place. Uh, people are nice. People are willing to take a meeting. Sometimes it's a little bit annoying because they'll take a meeting and nothing will come of it. But like I've always said that Nashville is a place where you can go, you know, go figure out who the 10 people doing something you like are and go become the 11th. Like they won't stop you. Um, people are enthusiastic about the growth that's happening. Um, obviously that's uneven and that opportunity comes with some pain. Um, uh, and those are problems that we need to address. But I think Nashville is just a collaborative city and that starts from our history you know, people love to tie that back to like the collaborative experience of songwriting. And maybe there's something to that, but um, I, I just think that it's a very open and welcoming place and people are eager to help you plug in when you get here. Uh, and that goes a long way. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see over the next five, 10 years, how that, how that survives because I mean, the pandemic, there are so many, I, I tried to make a list of the number of people I know that moved to Nashville from New York during the pandemic, right? And it's like, it ain't a dinner party. It ain't a cocktail party. It's a lot of people, <laughs> you know, like you can't get them in one. I can't put them in one ounce. Um, and all these people are still getting plugged in. I would say like the biggest hurdle that Nashville has right now is that there's all this talent and there are all these ideas and people building things. The connective mm -hmm. tissue of Zabowski. the city is struggling to uh, connect, to, to keep up. Um, but there is really cool, they're really great community initiatives that are happening here. Outside of things, you know, the Nashville Tech Council is great and has done great work for a long time. But I'd say they're kind of smaller, more grassroots communities that are doing great work. Um, you guys might have talked to someone uh, who goes by the name of Zap. Her real name's Haley, uh, but she's building Nash Tech here. And she just, she just switched jobs actually, um, but uh, and is now working for a, a venture capital firm here. But I mean, she's been a, a like a center of community building, and you know, she's not from here. She just showed up and was like, founders aren't meeting one another, uh, and she started putting on events. We funder helped her do it for a little while, and then she went off and started doing it bigger and better without us. Uh, I think that's like that. That's what Nashville's doing right. It's just. Um, trying trying to connect people. I think that's something we've struggled with here in Kentucky. And I think that's where middle tech has come in is you know, how do you connect people at scale? And part of that is taking ideas from Nashville, from Indianapolis, from Cincinnati and bringing them inward to Kentucky. Because, you know, if we don't have some kind of media focus around the startup ecosystem and ideas just don't spread. And, you know, I think what you're talking about is figuring out how to coordinate people across different organizations, well, they've got to know about each other. And I think part of the problem here in Kentucky in the past has been 
different organizations really weren't talking to each other. And then the members of those organizations didn't know what's happening on the other side of the state. And so I think, you know, that's where we're trying to come in and share exactly what you just described in Nashville with, you know, our Kentucky ecosystems. How do we collaborate better? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a, transitioning back to the Middle East, right? Like, this is like, you, and you can't, you, that stuff can't happen in a controlled way. Um, what, what Zap was able to create with Nash Tech basically overnight was just like, she threw, she threw parties and, you know, has, was positive and had energy and brought people together and people appreciate that, but it was very decentralized. Um, that has to happen organically, right? You can get to like higher level coordination of capital, you know, organizing capital or, you know, connecting founders that should know one another, right? That can happen at a, at a higher level, but there has to be that foundation and that has to be organic, right? And in in, when I was, you're watching uh, these countries in the Gulf try to do this and, you know, there's ambition and there's funding and there's a vision, but, you know, you can build the biggest, prettiest building in the world, and but if people don't like want to be there, uh, there's no value, right? And if, if it doesn't happen organically, it's just not very sustainable. Um, and I think that is, um, that's the key, right? You, you got to kind of like take your hands off, you know, set, set the table and then. Yeah. People... One thing there I'm, I've always kind of been paying attention to and thinking about better ways to do it is, you know, how, how do you throw a party for startup founders that doesn't feel like just another networking event where they've got to go pitch their startup 40 times? I think that's tough. So maybe have you seen some ones go well that Zap's thrown? What, what are your tough. thoughts on that one? How's Nashville done that? Uh, I mean, I mean it's tough because startup founders are incessantly pitching <laughs> startups, right? It's hard to stop that. Um, and I, I like that. That's what makes them good founders, right? Like that we coach people and we fund all the time. Like, you bet you'd be like be wet, ready and willing to pitch anybody anywhere, right? Um, and uh, it, like raising money requires a little bit of like shameless, like just a bit like you're, I'm just going to go talk to walls if that's what they I need to do, right? Um, but I think like making sure the gathering spaces are places that people like to hang out, uh, making them inclusive. Um, I, I think that's really powerful. Um, and then like creating, a um, creating, a like a, 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 a different focus around them, right? You can't program too much, but like, if a, an event is about, you know, like meeting new people, uh, people new to town, right? Identifying, you know, I moved to that, like, you know, if, if at the beginning of the event, like have people raise their hand and say, like, I moved to Louisville in the last three months, right? Like the goal of this, of this is to like meet those people. I think like kind of giving people a mission can help, but yeah, ultimately like all that pitching stuff is going to happen. It's just like part of a networking event. Um, but I think the other side of it is like um, you can create these big, open, inclusive spaces. But then also, you know, at we at WeFunder, our office in San Francisco and our office in Nashville, we've always hosted founder events. Um, 
but we all, we try to like highlight a founder and have them tell a story about their their kind of pathway to being a founder at, at those events. And we try to like cook a home cooked meal. It's like treat people like they're your friends and they will act the same. Uh, I cook paella for founders in that in Nashville all the time. For, for a, those that are listening, big that paella it burner, is. Uh, that, that my fiance gave me for Christmas because she likes paella. But uh, but uh, and I'll just like cook it. You know, it's a it's a winning dish if you ever if you get twenty people over. It looks it looks like you're you really know what you're doing if you can do that. Um, but it, it just makes a fun vibe. Um, and I, yeah, I think like all, always trying to engage without an agenda. I help people raise money. I, I try, I, I can, I can be a little bit of a founder myself and be a little bit like hard to stop talking about WeFunder, but like, it's always better if someone else drives the conversation there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to kind of finish this conversation back on these original themes that we were talking about, about why it's so important to kind of democratize investing in innovation uh, and the impacts that that can have on communities. Uh, and really, I just want to frame that or I want you to frame that with where are you guys wanting to take WeFunder into the future? What's the impact that you want to see this company have uh, in that regard and empowering people to invest in innovation? In I mean, our, our, our goal is to, I forget what the actual number on the website is, but like our stated goal is to help some something like 30,000 founders by 2029 get funded. Um, I think we've, I think we're at 2000, so we've got a long way to go. Um, you know, and it's, it's about you know, the, like the venture capital model isn't wrong, right? It's about volume. The more people that we help fund their ideas and give like, and re- kind of help them de-risk pursuing entrepreneurship a little bit, the better uh, off I, I think we are in communities and as a country. Um, so, I mean, the, the vision for WeFunder is to continue to build, you know, the biggest, best community with the best product to help people raise money. And we can go, we, it can go a lot. There's so many ways we can improve that, right? Um, we can help match make investors or, uh, you know, help, um, um, you know, coach pe- founders better on how to, how to raise money. Um organizing capital right like we we funder can't we we don't pick winners right we're not advising people on investments but we're trying to help founders understand how to put themselves in front of people Uh, and so you know there's a a million ways that we can improve on doing that but our vision for we funders product down the road is that it's a marketplace for early stage investment you know uh, ipos are happening later and later that means that Regular people like you and me um, have less opportunity to invest in high growth investment opportunities. So, like, we want to be the NASDAQ of the 90s. When people used to IPO at five, $10 billion instead of 100 or 150, right? Um, you know, if you invested early in Uber, Jason, Cal- I can never say his name right, Calacanacus, Calacanus, whatever his name is. I think he invested twenty five thousand dollars in Uber, and his like ultimate return was like, you know, twenty five thousand percent or something. I, I, I should know that number before I tell that story again. But um, uh, that opportunity, like getting, we're, you know, we want to get people that opportunity. Um, we are so far from that, right? Right now, we are just trying to get 
um, as much support and to help uh, to, to founders and to help them raise and to show them that this is an opportunity uh, open to them, another tool in their tool belt. Um, but yeah, I mean, the vision is just like many, many more moonshots, many, many more Main Street businesses, many, many more, um, you know, founders from wherever they are who have that have the opportunity to to raise money. Uh, and I think that's like, you know, that's jobs created. That's uh, that's you know, millions added to the the GDP. That's uh, a stronger country and a stronger and stronger communities if we can do that. I love it. Well, uh, before we let you go, um, we always like giving guests a second to point people in the direction of their, their website. So tell people where they can go. If they want to learn more about WeFund and then tell them where they can go if they want to yeah, follow you. I mean, my name's Reed Ezell, spelled like a book. Uh, my email is reed at WeFunder. So R-E-A-D at WeFunder.com. Give me, you know, if you're looking to raise money or you want to learn more, you feel free to email me. I'm on social media. Uh, it, I think on you know all the regular channels at Reedezel, R E A D E Z E L L, um, and yeah, go check out WeFunder.com. Um, uh, you know, there's a million ways you can reach out to us. Our team is lean and mean and ready to help. So we're you know if you're looking to raise the, the least the smallest amount of money you can raise on WeFunder is fifty thousand dollars. If you're looking to raise $50,000 or $5 million, or actually even more, $5 million is as much as you can raise through RegCF, but you can, you, you can raise more money on our platform. Um, you know, we'd love to help you turn your customers and your community into investors, which makes them better customers and better community. Love it. We'll cut it there. Yeah, thank Thanks you, Thanks for guys. coming on, man. That was great. Absolutely. Um, Cool. So next steps, uh, this one will probably be a relatively quick turnaround. So it'll probably come out on Monday. Um, so I'm sorry for to, this glare behind me. Uh, I was trying to cover it up. We'll be posting pretty much. A... No, you get, trust me. We've had way, way worse than that. That your video is actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, we'll do like a full week of promotion behind it. Just cutting clips from it and doing stuff like that. Sony sharing, you're able to on, on your uh, sweet. Big I'm happy to. You know, and I, uh, I, uh, you know, my, my clout on social media is pretty limited, but um, uh, I'll push it to the WeFunder team as well. Hopefully, they'll uh, promote it. Um, but yeah, just tag at WeFunder and then you know at Redizel on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to put it. Um, and yeah, and you know, so this is an, I wanted to talk to you guys cool. about this. 